Hi guys and welcome to The Marketing Hive, a podcast for helping you navigate the world of digital marketing. We are your hosts Amy Cook and Kate Smoothie and today we're talking all about short-term and long-term marketing strategies because you should actually be doing a mix of both but a lot of business owners neglect long-term for short-term gains. Uh, Before we dive into this episode, please do take the time to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're using so you can catch up on new episodes, which we upload every other week. Cool. Let's dive in. Okay, so shall I kick? Well, I'm going to kick us off, but I don't even know why I'm doing this because actually this is 100% Amy's domain. But so the way we're going to structure this episode is we're going to give you a short term strategy and then we are going to give you a long term strategy, which in some instances will work you towards the same goal or should be something that you're working on alongside the short term. So the first short term that we want to talk about is Google Ads. Cool. Um, So, yes, the reason I say Google Ads is possibly short term is because you can get instant results I guess um you know you can hit the keywords in that you want to target and then you can start getting you know your website showing up for those keywords and then starting to make sales it can be I always say Google Ads is probably more of a short to medium term in terms of it can take you know up to four weeks for Google's algorithm to learn about your business but in the like reality of it four weeks is actually quite short to then think to yourself okay cool I could be doubling my profits or whatever that may be because I'm showing up and making sales as such so it is a short-term one in terms of being able to show up for the right things to make the right sales I guess yeah and I mean ultimately like anything really with ads is a short-term benefit because you're exchanging money for that marketing yeah so I would say four weeks is 100% short term. There are going to be other things that we talk about in this where, I mean, yeah, you might get like an immediate return, like same day, but ultimately it's probably going to take a little bit of, you know, days or weeks worth of work um, to be able to build it up. But if we then talk about the long-term strategy that you should be working on alongside Google Ads, you're not going to be surprised to hear that Amy and I are telling you that you should be working on your SEO. Yeah, 100%. Obviously, we love SEO. It is a long term thing. You know, you are probably guaranteed to not really see results or good results um, for at least six months. I don't know about UK, but I always like to, when I onboard new clients, say that it's kind of at least a six month commitment. Even yeah. that, like, it's not something that you just pick up, you do, you drop off, it's a tick box. Like it is a long-term thing. You've got to be doing it month in, month out, working on it day in, day out, whatever that may be. Um, It's not an overnight success and it's not something that you're going to probably get results in a week or two weeks' time. It is something that's going to take a couple of months in terms of, you know, being able to get your website found as such. Do you want to add any more to that before I... The only thing I will say is that you do see these people, um, actually, it's annoying. You'll get a lot of spam emails. As soon as you've been in business for a little while, you'll start getting spam emails from SEO companies. And they'll be like, we can get you results in weeks, blah, blah, blah. That is not true. So if you are already a hugely established website, like, I don't know, like the New York Times or Forbes or whatever, they can rank for something very quickly. You know, similarly, like Tesco can rank for something very quickly because they are huge 
widely known websites. There's so much to SEO strategy that they're already ticking the boxes for. But if you're anything like most of the small business owners that Amy and I work with on SEO, you're not at that point. So you have to build up the authority with Google, which is why we typically, so I will typically say to people three to six months, because by the three month mark, I we like to start seeing some growth. You're not necessarily seeing huge results, but by three months, you should be seeing, okay, that keyword's starting to rise up a little bit. Maybe you're on page one. You're not quite at that top spot, but you might be starting to get there with certain phrases. Um, but you will get some companies that are like, I can get you on page one of Google. Well, yeah, I show up page one of Google for WebHive Digital and I did after two weeks. That doesn't mean anything. That's not bringing in new traffic. So when we talk about SEO, we are talking about showing up for relevant Google searches for your target audience. And that takes time. And so that is why when you're working on Google Ads, you should also be taking the time to work on your SEO because you've already got the keywords. You're already doing some of that stuff anyway within Google Ads. So take the time to take it a step further and do SEO because in six months time, you might not need Google Ads anymore. Exactly. And also working alongside the two, they're both a Google tool. So they're going to go hand in hand for that respect. And also Google is all about making, you know, things relevant. So if you're doing Google Ads and I don't know, you're a dog brand, you're then not going to be able to rank for keywords that are about cats to try and convert people to buy dogs instead, for example. Your website, everything to do with that keyword has to be relevant. So if your ads, like to get better results for your ads, you need to make your website relevant to the keywords you're trying to target. And that's where your SEO would come in. So you're kind of killing two birds of one stone, shall we say, in terms of doing them together. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. I think they're a great thing to do side by side, just make it one part of the whole strategy. Uh, moving on to the next one, we have got short-term marketing of social media. So that is, you know, any social media platform, YouTube, Instagram, whatever. And we're not talking about ads here. We're talking about just posting on social media. So you might be on TikTok and you might be posting reels too and YouTube shorts or whatever it is. But ultimately, if you're in this space, and I think probably especially if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably already on social media for your business because I imagine that's how you found Amy and I because we're doing the same thing. But that is not enough on its own. Anybody that was big on Instagram a couple of years ago is probably really feeling this now that the algorithm has massively changed. There's been a huge shift over to TikTok and YouTube and other platforms that have got better organic reach. And if you invest all of your time in a short-term marketing strategy like social media, if that happens to the platform that you see the most success on, you haven't done anything to kind of build your business in the long term. So it's an essential thing to do, but you have to be doing long-term strategies behind the scenes. Yeah, 100%. And one of those long-term strategies that I think goes hand-in-hand with social media is email marketing. Um, And the reason for that is because, you know, your social media is kind of giving, I guess, like a snippet, for example, of educational content. Um, So your long-term plan could be by nurturing and growing that person to becoming a paid client through giving them more of an expansion to those tips via your email marketing and stuff, which is then where then you can kind of also offer more like, I guess, bespoke deals, offers, discounts to then make them want to become that purchase. Um, So that's why I think email marketing is a good one for 
you know, conversions of long-term from moving someone from social media onto your email list where you can then start to gain that trust and, you know, nurture them along the journey of wanting to purchase to then become a sale. Absolutely. And an email marketing audience is so much more intimate to be in someone's inbox is so much more intimate than being on their Instagram feed because when they open an email from you, there's no noise. It's just your email and they're just consuming your content on any social media platform. All they have to do is like a flick of a screen and you're gone. So that audience on email is so much warmer. But if you're on social media, you're probably going to find that you get a lot of those email subscribers from social media initially so the idea is to and we'll talk about that later down the line um, in this episode when we talk about a different kind of short and long-term strategy you can do but it is about getting them from these platforms where it's short term and there's lots of noise and getting them into a more intimate setting like email marketing so you can nurture them in the long term yeah definitely uh cool so the next one we have in terms of short term is facebook groups i guess again this is quite like a place that becomes a specific you know more intimate place in terms of offering something a lot of Facebook groups that I find are built from free community so it could be that you're offering a short-term space uh, like a Facebook group for a short-term community where again you're giving more expert advice more detailed advice more one-to-one advice on you know someone's specific pain point as such um But Facebook groups, again, are, I guess, really easy to set up and, again, a really good place that you can, you know, quickly convert people over to getting them onto that Facebook group as such. And you can also use other people's Facebook groups. So that's actually how I initially started Webpipe Digital when I got, like, my first few clients was in other people's Facebook groups. Yeah. Um, And then you, you can obviously then convert people to your own group and market within that group and actually I would then say that is probably again like Google Ads a short to medium where once you've got your own group I would not class having your own Facebook group as a long-term strategy because a lot of the Facebook groups that I was in in 2020 now are not performing very well in 2022 whereas say like an email list or SEO these are things that are a lot more robust and they're going to see you through like many years of business with a Facebook group it I wouldn't rely on it for a your business in the long term but it definitely you can find clients you can sell products whether you're in your own Facebook group or you utilize someone else's audience it's both kind of fair game I was going to say I know we obviously mentioned it in our previous episode on lead magnets but I think that's why it becomes that short-term thing because usually you would use your own Facebook group as like a bit of a mini promotional area to then your actual you know product or service so that's where it's that short-term thing because someone's signing up to that Facebook group for, you know, a five-day period, and then they're kind of dropping out because they've got that free service as such. Absolutely. And then the long-term of this, because it kind of work, it kind of works in a similar way. So Facebook groups, in a way, is networking, but the long-term of this is actual networking. So I did most of my networking, again, in 2020. This was when, and I think this is because so many of us who started businesses around that time or were originally working in an office with lots of colleagues, we were quite lonely. And so when you joined the space of, you know, like digital marketing, the online world, starting a business, loads of us were in the same place. And it became really easy to make connections. And it was at a time where, and Amy and I talked about this in the How to Sell Without Being Salesy episode, 
that kind of like fake engagement thing it wasn't happening as much or if it was it went under the radar a lot more so you could just jump in someone's dms and be like hey i love that that's really cool and you would form a relationship and actually a lot of those like i think that's how amy and i first met yeah. um quite a few people that i now have quite a nice long-standing like online friendship with came from that and that was networking and then as a result of that business comes so it might be oh my gosh I know this person who does this and you've known you might know them for like a couple of years and you've never needed to work with them and suddenly you're like they've never tried to sell to me I really like them they're a really nice person I want to work with them on this so I actually worked with a photographer this week on some new brand photos and I've been following her for like two years she was someone I found from that space we've had a few messages back and forth just nice you know you know she um has like a she travels around in like a van it's really cool um and I've messaged her a few times about the van and then when I came to wanting the photos done because she was on my feed and I'd seen her work I was like yes and from her point of view that was like very light networking to later down the line get a client so it can work in lots of different ways but are so essential and it like Amy you went to an in-person networking event recently didn't yeah you? I was gonna say and it is that thing like yeah I've been trying to push myself to do a more a lot more in person um and it is it's just one it's nice for yourself because it makes you feel less lonely as a business owner but two it does eventually end up becoming you know potential paid work I went to this in-person networking event not really thinking much of it and I probably had four or five people be like oh that's what you do oh cool and then you know those people have now followed me so then when they're probably at a point of wanting to make that purchase they will I hopefully will then see them at the next networking events where we'll build up that relationship with those people so then I'm I guess in the back of their mind all the time for when they are ready to make that purchase as such but it is a long-term thing about building that relationship with them as such yeah I mean you might get some you can I suppose get some short-term gains with marketing you might get someone be like oh my gosh I need someone that does that right now amazing give me a card whatever but typically that's not how it works it's more like someone will come back to you in six months and be like oh, I remember that you did this yeah. and yeah yeah it's definitely about building that trust isn't it in terms of networking and such yeah um, but it's so essential to do and it just isn't the same in Facebook groups I don't think you can network in the same way you definitely can network online but it just needs to be in, on a more intimate platform. I think, to be honest, Instagram is probably the best platform for that. You can, I have, I've done a little bit of networking now with TikTok where there are other creators who are similar to me in the space with, you know, some with more followers, some with the same amount, where you become like more aware of each other. Um, yeah. But it, it just, it doesn't have an intimate connection as say like Instagram stories can create yeah. between you and someone else. But I want to go back now to email marketing because Amy and I want to talk about short and long term. Uh, well, actually, so we're going to talk about lead magnets, which we spoke about in the last episode. But we want to talk about how some lead magnets are short term marketing strategies and some lead magnets are long term marketing strategies. So with short term marketing strategies um, for lead magnets is you are coming up with a lead magnet that is going to directly link to something that you sell right now. So as an example, I have the SEO hive. I have an SEO checklist. The idea of the SEO checklist is to promote the SEO hive. So now when someone signs up for that checklist, it's a short term strategy. It's OK. Get them from the checklist through to buying the SEO hive. 
But when I first made the SEO checklist, I didn't have the SEO hive. I didn't have anything else like that in place, but I just knew that I wanted to grow my email list. So I created the checklist. And so at that point, it was a long-term strategy. And like, I don't have a huge email list. I've got, I mean, I'm not, it's not tiny. I've got like 2000 people on it. Like I'm aware that that is a lot to some people and not a lot to other people. You know, you hear about people that have got like freaking 100,000 people on their email list and they're probably selling stuff all day long. Um, it's not quite like that with my list. My list is, you know, over two years old, not that far off three years old, but a lot of it has come from this checklist. And so initially it was long-term and then it's become a short-term thing later down the line. And you can, I had other stuff, like I had um, a resources library, which again, Amy and I talked about all this stuff in the last episode. So we won't get bogged down with the, the types of lead magnets. If you want to know about that, go and listen to the last episode. But it's the fact that, depending on what the lead magnet is and what your current offerings are, it can be short or long-term. So my resources library was actually, again, long-term. I never ever had an offer to sell to those people directly, but they're people that are on my list who are interested in web design, DIY design, SEO, that kind of thing. So I know my emails are gonna be super relevant for them. And what I've also found is people who have then gone on to book or buy something with me, a hell of a lot of them have come from my email list. And it's some of them are from those short term things of up, oh, put this online, it will be an obvious immediate conversion over to a paid offer and other people it's been nurture over time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is where the long term, I think like you've summed up short, you know, I don't think there's anything to add there, but I think that is where your long term is kind of like growing that email list and nurturing them. So that's where, like you've said, you've kind of created one free checklist that then merged into like a next package that then may merge into the next package so that would be more of a long-term thing where you might set up like a series of automations where you know you would nurture them along from like how they're finding the checklist to then saying like do you want to get more in depth here's a what like a course to kind of do to then being like okay cool are you struggling to have it like to do it yourself come and purchase my kind of like done for you seo as such so that is definitely that longer term journey in terms of like nurturing someone through your processes, through the offers you do, um, but in a way that's slow and steady that you're not going to kind of like bombard them with all these products and sales as such. Absolutely. And actually, sometimes a lead magnet can really help you figure out what your audience might want. So if you're like, oh gosh, loads of people signed up for this. I wasn't expecting them to. You're like, there's something in this. There's something I can create. And again, that's more of a long-term strategy. It's learning a lot about your target audience you can really do so much with lead magnet i I highly recommend you guys go and listen to the lead magnet episode if you haven't because it's really super informative it's going to really inspire you with what lead magnets you should create definitely um cool so then we've got the next one which is short term in terms of website i feel like this is more your bag than mine (laughs) okay fair so okay uh so a website is a short-term strategy in that and i know there's probably a lot of people who are going to be like what the fuck are you talking about it's not short term (laughs) it's going to take me ages to make a website but it is a short-term strategy in that when you create the website there are other things you have to do to make that more of a long-term strategy. So like SEO and regularly promoting it and ads and you know all these other things that could make it part of a long-term strategy, but really it's a short-term strategy. You can, and I actually kind of hate myself for saying this because it won't be the kind of website that I think you need for real conversions, but you can whip up a website in a day if you have to. You know, it's 
Oh, it literally pains me to say it, but you can. Yeah, I didn't want to say either, but I was going to say as well, like, if you really wanted to, you could just create a one-page website where it's just a bit more in-depth about you, your services, yeah. and a call to action to book a chat. That gives me the ick saying that when I'm thinking about my website there's like a million pages. But, <laughs> hey, everyone's got to start somewhere. So. You haven't actually, having a one-page website is better than having no website. Yeah. And this is the thing, because having a website... It gives you something you can link on social media. It gives you an immediate like authority of like, oh, they've got a website. Okay. And with, and I, what I don't mean is like a yourbrandname.wix.com. I'm talking about like a yourbrandname.com, like your own domain. I don't want to talk anymore about Wix because we don't hate Wix. Wix. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not, no, it's not for me. Um, but you can whip something up very quickly. And obviously you can then go back and make changes, but it's not like SEO, where it's there's a hell of a lot of initial work before you get anywhere. Like you can put that one page site up in a day. You've got something that you can use until you get something that's going to kind of, I suppose, work harder for you. So the idea of a website in the long term is it should do a lot of your selling for you. And a one page website or a shitty website you throw up in a day isn't going to do that. But it is going to give you an immediate presence. And then it kind of will become hopefully part of your to do list of I've got to change that. Um, and then the the long term strategy of this, which is actually really is expanding on your website, is to blog. So you can also include this within sort of the SEO strategy. I mean, I don't know how it depends on you as an individual, how much you know about SEO. But Amy and I are both huge like singing and dancing, like shouting from the rooftops, blog, blog on your website, please do it. So as you expand your website, you should be including a blog. And the idea with the blog is to update it as often as you can. I always say to people like minimum once a month. Yeah, I say the same. Um, and also like, I think you're better off doing it than not in the respect of, yes, there are going to be kind of things like I would recommend the blog being a minimum of a thousand words, for example. Um, but don't overthink it at the start in terms of thinking, oh, I've got two keywords and blah, blah, blah. Because Google's algorithm will read that blog. It will understand what your website's about more. It will pick out its own keywords that are relevant to that blog without knowing you've probably put a word in there a few times, you know, if you're talking about something like social media, you're going to say that throughout loads. So Google's going to know that it's about that, but then it will start showing up and, you know, Google will start learning more about your business. And I think that is the purpose is giving Google fresh new content each month to remind Google you're there. It is the thing of, you know, if you kind of like stop showing up, you fall off the radar. It's the same with your website. If you have a website, but you're not putting work into it, it is going to fall off the radar as such yeah absolutely and it's a uh, blogging is just one part of an seo strategy but if you're not interested in doing seo on your site which amy and i are secretly judging you over if you feel that way um blogging is a great way to kind of dip your toes in without actually having to really like dig deep into it and like amy's saying obviously there are certain guidelines that you can follow but you don't have to you can just update the blog and hopefully in time, if you're talking about the same thing, like let's say, for example, you're a LinkedIn marketing coach. Every blog post you write is probably going to say something about LinkedIn marketing or marketing coach. And so you will kind of naturally be using keywords that can help you show up higher on Google. So it's definitely a worthwhile strategy to follow, particularly if you're not going to go all in on SEO. Just at least do something to up your website content and keep it fresh. 
A hundred percent. And just an expansion on that. Sorry, I know it's kind of like, well, it's on topic still. But again, <laughs> if you're doing blogging, um, it might be that if you kind of do a lot of blogging on your website, it might build authority for, you know, PR and other things to then gain you more authority, more awareness for your business. Um, so kind of like I think blogging is a long term thing on it's good because it keeps your website ticking over, keeps your website in Google's algorithm. But it might also mean that kind of like other people within your industry find those blogs and share it to their audience and stuff to then generate you more awareness and things. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not at all a short term strategy, but in the long term, you can see some real benefits. Yeah, definitely. Um, cool. So the next one in terms of short is kind of like offerings in terms of freebies, discounts and stuff for like brand awareness in terms of, I guess, like gaining reviews and portfolios. I think this is probably more for people who are new to business. I know when I started business, I did it myself a bit like we've mentioned about Facebook groups, kind of like jumping in places like that and stuff and offering like, you know, I don't know, writing a blog post for free or something like that. That's a service of mine that I'm wanting to offer, but doing it for free to kind of build that social proof, build those reviews, build that portfolio to then allow me to kind of have that evidence for when like an actual pay client comes on board, they can see, you know, the value and evidence of what I've done in terms of a blog post as such. Absolutely. So you, there's, a good example of this actually is like brands that send influencers free stuff. Yeah. So that is a short-term marketing strategy in that you're sending influencers something for free. Hopefully they promote it on their social platform to their followers. And then hopefully you'll have an influx of orders or followers yourself off the back of it. This is not a long-term strategy, but you can't keep that up. And there also comes a point where, for some reason the post won't do very well or influ- an influencer won't actually share the item you've sent or whatever and then it becomes costly and not something that you want to do anymore of but it's a short-term strategy and it can give you like a cash injection into your business or a follower injection into your business or what have you so that's like a way in which you could do it as a product-based business as a service-based business it is like yeah showing up in facebook groups being like from doing free brand audits if anyone wants one then you know and then getting like a review back or you might find that off the back of offering something for free I used to see a lot of people being like oh I'm gonna do like five free logos or whatever and people would be like oh me 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 and then people would do these logos and they'd be like but the agreement is I need to be able to use it in my portfolio and you have to write me a review so that gets you and especially when you first start in business it's so hard when you don't have client work to show when you don't have reviews you don't have social proof this will give you that social proof but it's not it's not sustainable you can't keep giving away products for free or giving away services for free it's not it's not going to make you happy it's not going to make you money and the reason why you're a business is to make money yeah a hundred percent and I guess like on in terms of short as well which is another thing I just thought of is if you do have clients um I know I don't have all testimonials from my clients like you could do a short-term offering in terms of like sending all your current clients an email or something to say you know hi guys um you know be great to get a review from you and then offering a discount or like a free consultancy call or a free product or whatever it is kind of like your business does 
to be able to try and like nudge people to do that because obviously we all are busy we all have lives we all have businesses and sometimes we often forget to you know do an actual review for someone so if you have got kind of past clients that you're thinking oh I haven't had a review from them it'd be great because you know having got many reviews for that service or product I do reach out to them and offer them something for free or a discount to then kind of give the benefit of making them stop and find the time to be able to do that as such yeah it's like incentivizing it isn't it yeah that's it yeah actually this kind of this leads on to the long-term version of this which is to collect those testimonials and reviews so in an ideal world you shouldn't need to offer things for free or discounts to regularly collect these reviews once your business is a bit more established so the reason why this is long term is because it's just something you need to do with every customer, every client, whatever it is. You know, if you're a product based business, every single person who buys needs to be asked to leave a review. If you're a service based business, every client, you have to reach out to them and ask for a review. And there is a right time to do this. So, yeah, if you miss the boat and you have to send an offer and say, oh, you can have 15 percent off this if you leave a review and blah, blah, blah. That's fine. But really, and with product based businesses, Sometimes you do have to offer that kind of thing, like loyalty points. Yeah. You you do have to, because the customer is, there's a different relationship there. If you're a service-based business, you'll have a probably a longer term relationship with your clients. So it's much easier to say to them, hey, can you please leave me a review? With a product-based business, sometimes it does need a bit more. But for a service-based business, ideally, that should be built into your client offboarding. So when you get into that point of finishing the project, you should be asking them for the review then. Because if you ask them a month down the line, they're probably going to forget. There'll be certain things about working with you they won't even remember anymore. And it won't be as passionate a review. So I've got some amazing reviews and all of them have been from people who the product the project was like maybe we launched that day or we launched two days later. They, they are the ones that are like, oh my God, like I could not have asked for a better review. Whereas yeah. the ones where I had to go back at a later date, they're they're fine they're good reviews but they're not passionate yeah that that you know sometimes you read a review and you're like I can really feel that person was super happy like they're not you don't get that as much as time goes by yeah definitely and I think as well when we say about like clients and reviews as well in terms of long term uh, the reason it's kind of like a long-term strategy is because obviously once you do a good job for one person you hope that then they would always recommend you. Like as your business grows, obviously at the start, you probably are having to find the work a bit more. But once you start building up clients and doing a good job for those clients, you do end up finding that a lot of your work comes from referrals. So it could be, you know, a client recommending you to a friend of theirs or whatever that may be. Um, So that again is where that long-term strategy can come in in terms of, you know, doing a good job for that one client that then would hopefully build up to five or 10 or whatever many more clients because you've done it the good job the first time around. Absolutely. And that, again, people love referrals in the same way that people love seeing loads of testimonials. So if you've got like 15 testimonials for your social media management service that you can like screenshot and put on your website, it's going to do, a, to be honest, it's going to do a hell of a lot of the selling for you. It's probably one of the main yeah. things I look at. Um yeah. 
someone who Amy and I have both worked with recently, she asked me to do a video-based testimonial, which obviously I was more than happy to do, but I was like, that is genius. And I definitely yeah. think they perform really well. So if you can get even a couple of clients to leave you a video-based testimonial, that will take you a long way. But again, it's not a short-term strategy because it takes you the time to get the, that level of work or that level of sales that you've got those. You know, if you've got a product and it's got 500 five-star reviews, that does the selling for you. Yeah, 100%. Um, cool. So then moving on to our last and final uh, strategy, which is one we're doing now, <laughs> is podcasts. Um, so I would say in terms of a podcast, the short-term strategy would be doing like, you know, being a guest on a podcast or having your own podcast, but getting podcast guests. And the reason I guess it's a shorter term strategy is because if there is yourself who has a thousand followers on social media, and then you've got a guest on that has a thousand followers on social media, um, that's 2000 people that you're reaching because you're both going to share the podcast episode and you're reaching a wider audience. So Obviously, from that, people are going to want to come and watch that podcast episode because, you know, it's either your audience wanting to hear from you or their audience wanting to hear what they say. So I think like guest speakers on a podcast is a short term win in terms of a podcast episode. Yeah. Um, and like guesting on someone else's podcast is like some of the my favorite people that I have found online have been people where. I have a few podcasts that I love to listen to and to be fair a lot of them have a lot of them a lot of the time have guests um and it's the guests that I've then been like oh my god yeah. like the advice was great or their business sounds really cool and then the next thing I know I'm like following them I've signed up to their lead magnet like I'm fully in their I guess like ecosystem of like turning me into a customer um so it, it's and it's a quick and easy win you know you sit in front of a mic for like 40 minutes you have a chat on a podcast and that's it yeah yeah it is it is that you don't really have to especially if you're the guest you don't have to do much to yeah really do anything that person's the one who's got a you know post the podcast promote the podcast and so forth and it, it's evergreen content as well and that's where possibly it would move into your long term in terms of that episode's going to always be available so you're always going to have people listen to it hopefully always have people then convert over to like you say social medias and so forth um but on the flip side i guess in terms of long term would be starting your own podcast. Like it's not an overnight success. Like no. <laughs> I mean, I were looking at the figures for this podcast the other day, and we, I don't know, the whole thing's a bit confusing anyway because everyone listens on a different player, so we have no yeah. idea how many people like we've got. We 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 think we know how many people are listening, and I think we're you know for us the podcast is not. I don't know it's not a numbers game. I think we both do it because we enjoy it and it's fun. It's a nice way to connect with you guys, but yeah it's not a short term no. <laughs> Amy and I have not had like booming business from the podcast that's not the motivation for the podcast yeah it is like I think it's that thing isn't it this is long term because it's nurturing people on a journey to other things obviously you guys are here listening now we hope then that these you know bring you more value you come back you subscribe you follow us more on our podcast and then eventually hopefully after like listening to some or 
when you listen to a podcast episode, it might resonate with like a pain point you're currently having. And then you might think, oh, I need Kate to build me a website or, oh, I need Amy to set some Google ads up for me or whatever that may be. But it is not an overnight success and it is long-term in terms of you've got to show up consistently for a long period of time to then start seeing things happen, I guess. Absolutely. It's not, yeah, it's definitely not. And actually, I think they say that a lot of podcasts fail. And I know Amy and I went to a podcast event once and we were saying to people, well, we haven't started it yet, but we're going to. And I think a lot of people were like, they're never going to start that podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of people were like, absolutely not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But we got here. We've got yeah. to this point. I don't know how many episodes we're on. I don't. I feel like we should do it. We need to do like a catch up on the podcast episode because I feel like it's been quite a while now. I know. It, I think it's because we, we do every two weeks. So it's not like an every week thing it kind of I don't know it's been over a long period of time but anyway we should do a catch-up podcast episode let's not if you guys have listened to more than one episode you will know that Amy and I often go off on a bit of a tangent like a ramble. <laughs> yeah a bit of a ramble um but let let's rein it back in let's do our key so actually key takeaways to be honest are I hope what you're taking from this is that you need a healthy mix of short and long-term strategies within your marketing a hundred percent because it is about not relying on one like just because you show up on social media doesn't mean then you're going to start making millions of sales and you know it might work for a short period but it's not going to be a long-term thing you can't rely I guess just on one thing to grow your business no and especially not when I listened to someone say the other day they were like social media is rented land and this is the problem like with some of these you're, it's not actually yours forever you know we've kind of touched on that already and so because of that you have to find the balance and again going back to key takeaways you need to invest the time in both yeah 100% um, okay guys that is all from us today I think Amy what do you reckon yeah 100% I think we've covered everything so we hope you enjoy listening to the episode. Please take the time to subscribe to this podcast if you enjoyed it. Like we have said, this is part of our long-term strategy. <laughs> so we need subscribers. Please do subscribe if you've enjoyed it. Uh, we post new episodes every other week and we will speak to you guys soon.